Well, it's Valentine's Day, so I have a Valentine's sermon called Red Hot Love. Well, we're going to talk about the love of God, not your spouse, but we'll get to them in a minute. Get the Bible down and go to Jude chapter 1, verse 20. Say amen, hallelujah. I love the Lord. Don't you? I said this in the first service, and I'm going to say it, not trying to offend you. If it wasn't for me loving Jesus, I wouldn't pastor you. Did you know that? I love you because he loves me. If he didn't love me, I wouldn't even like you. Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about. We're looking at people wanting people to fix us. People can't fix you. You'll never meet anybody that deserves your love. And you don't either. And he gave it to us freely, didn't he? Didn't he love us unconditionally? So we love each other because he loves us. So we're going to talk about love this morning. We're going to talk about romance. We're going to talk about all those fun things. We'll talk about the love of God. Let me start with Jude 1, verse 20. You, beloved, build yourself up on your most holy faith. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Keep yourself in the love of God. Who keeps you? You keep you. If you don't keep you, you won't be caught. It's going to be up to you to make sure you stay there because every force on this earth is trying to pull you out of the love of God. All right. I got I to gotta change directions here for a minute. Have you ever noticed it's the little things that mean so much to us? It's little things. Yesterday with the men, I was talking to them about doing little things for your wife. It's not the big things. It's the little stuff that she notices that you're noticing. Like open her door. Ladies, help me out a little bit. Wash the dishes sometimes or load them. Does anybody wash anymore? Yeah. Sweep the kitchen floor occasionally. Ladies, help me out. Sometimes it's the little thing. Sometimes it's just a card when it's not Valentine's Day. All the ladies are going, oh, yeah. Wouldn't that be nice? So I want to tell you something about that happened to me yesterday. Very special to my heart. Very, very special. God did something for me kind of crazy. Kind of crazy. But I got to back up. Um, when I first started doing the Bible school, I, um, I was teaching on E.W. Kenyon on Blood Covenant. And in the middle of reading the book, I got to a man's name in the book that I'd never heard of. I was reading the book, and um, all of a sudden he mentioned a man. Now, how long has it been since Kenyon has gone home to be with Jesus? Maybe mid-40s or 50s? And this man that lived before that, so I have no idea. I've never seen his book. I've never read his book. I don't even know anything about the book. And I was sitting in my, my office, and I said, Lord, I'd like to have that book. This has been a few months. I got up. And found it in my bookshelf. Now that y'all don't know how. I know all the books. I know every book. I've, I've every book on that bookshelf I've read several times. I've never seen this book before. And I pulled it off and I went, that's amazing. How did God, do y'all believe angels come along and stuff it? I don't understand that. But I'm thinking, that's cool. God would think so much that I would pray for something and find it in my bookshelf. And I mean, I'm like, well, that's not where I'm trying to go. I want to go a little deeper than this. Mm -hmm. Last night I was, well, Mary Fran was telling the story to Lisa and I about how when God called her to be a prophet. And she said, God, what do you want me to be? I don't know anything about being a prophet. Or is this you or is this me? What is, who's this talking to me? And he said, Mary Fran, go downstairs in the basement. Go to the desk. Go to the left side, top drawer, and put your hand in it. And she's like, excuse me? So she goes downstairs in the basement, turns the light on. There's stuff everywhere down there. She said, I'm wondering whether the neighbors think someone's breaking in our house because nobody ever turns the light on in the basement at night in our house, you know. 
She went to the back, opened the drawer, put her, she said, I don't want to put my hand in there. <laughs> she reached in there and pulled out a book by Kenneth Hagin on, on the ministry of a prophet. Wow. And the Lord goes, that enough? She goes, no. <laughs> and he said, I want you to read this book. And then he says, I want you to read another. There's another book I want you to read. She goes, well, I know I have it, but I don't know where it is. He said, go upstairs, Mary friend. She walks into the bookstore, her, her, her library, and she walks over in hundreds of books, reaches her hand up and pulls out the book he just told her about. And he told her, he says, Mary friend, left shelf, middle row, and there it was. And it was on the ministry of a prophet. Last night, I'm in my office praying for the service praying over what God wanted me to do. And um, I began to pray about certain things that I wanted to know about. And the Lord tells me, one of them was Kim Clement's prophecy. Now, I, I'm not into all the prophets and all they're saying, but after the election and what went on last night, I thought, isn't it amazing? Here's a man that prophesied Trump before Trump knew he was running, and prophesied two um, impeachments. Now, now that's, that's some serious detail. That's not like, thus says the Lord, I'm going to bless you. Today will be a good day. Amen. I mean, I, mean that's, I think I could do that one. You'll also have trouble this year. <laughs> I knew that before you did. Amen. And I thought to myself when I told Lisa, I said, Kim Clement seems to have been pretty right about a lot of this. The good, the good news is he said, behold the spring. And then he said, this is my nation. This is my nation. That, that encourages me. So I'm sitting there last night and I'm praying. I'm praying about these things. And I get up and I walk to my bookshelf and there's a book on it that I don't own. The Life Story of Kim Clement. Oh, wow. And I reached out and I pulled it off and the Holy Ghost hit me. Wow. And the glory came in my office and I went, oh my God. He keeps sticking books <laughs> in my bookshelf. Isn't he awesome? And you know, there's, I see a lot of miracles. I see a lot of stuff. But the, that, that means more to me than that God would care so much that he would, where did this thing come from? I know every book on the bookshelf. I could write, I could sit down right now and write a list. And I would probably get 95% of them right. There might be a few, I don't know that. But I've read all of them two or three times. I've never seen this book. I don't have any idea where it came from. I didn't buy it. But yet it was there. I pulled it off and sat last night till about 10, 10, 15, just reading this book. How I got born again, how I came to Jesus. I, and I, w I was enamored at the little things that God does because he loves us. He loves us. He cares about the details of our life, the little stuff. So we just got through reading. Let's come back to this scripture because I want to show you something. You, beloved, build yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. This is not just a sermon on tongues. This is a sermon on being full of God. Without you being full of God, you will not be full of love because love is supernatural. Yes. You cannot live, you cannot manifest something that wasn't given to you. You can't give away something you don't have. Amen. If, you, if you didn't receive agape, you don't have it to give away. Amen. And, and all of the problems that I've had in my life have been with people because I was not full of God. And you too. Amen. Even your relationships with your husbands and your wives. So let's move on a little bit. I want you to, Justin, I don't know who's back there, play my secular song for today. Now, before we start, listen. He's a sinner, 
And I want you to notice what his heart is crying for. It's the thing that everyone's heart cries for. Let's go play. We're going, it's a secular song in a church. Can y'all handle this? Some of y'all know it. That's the little time to think things over I better read between the lines In case I need it when I'm older He's not a Christian. Feels like a world upon my shoulder. Through the clouds I see love shine. It keeps me warm as life grows colder. Right. I want to feel what love is. Come on, Jay, help me. I know you can show me. Come on, guys. Okay, that's enough. That's enough. Okay, that's enough. Y'all send enough for today. Listen to these words of this song. I want to know what is love. Well, apparently this man's successful. Apparently he's had girlfriends. And he just got through saying, I'm lonely. And I would like to just know what it is. And it may sound to you like he's writing a song just to make money, but he's not. He's praying, and he put the music to it and made a million dollars and still lonely. But I think the whole world, and I think even Christians, I want to know what is love. Where does it come from? Now, we all know the answer, God is love. God is love. And until you find him, you won't find love. But I want, but I want to talk to you about romantic love for just a few minutes. Just, but it doesn't begin with your spouse. It begins with God. So I'm going to bring up, I want to make a statement, then I'm going to, the only place that you'll ever find the answer to that is Jesus. And how did, for God so loved the world, he did what? He gave. God gave you 100%. That's love. He's looking for you to reciprocate it. It's quiet in this Baptist church. That's Christianity. You didn't deserve it. You didn't earn it. You didn't do anything. He did it. It was all him. He he so... I mean, you stop and think about this. It says, keep yourself in the love of God. We live in a fallen world. People are mean. They're mean. And you and I are fighting right now. I mean, you can't, listen to me, you can't watch with so much CNN, even Newsmax, without wanting to go to Washington and shoot somebody. Or slap them. There's a, there's a scripture that I read, I read with Rick Renner. And he, and he said, in the last days, people will be moronized. 
That's the word moron. I'm watching this and going, they're morons. These people are morons. And you know, it makes me mad, and I'm, and I'm going, well, I need to pray. So let's talk about sex. Woo! Now before I do, I need, to, I need to make a disclaimer. Because I've had always, every time I've ever brought up the, the term sex in church, I've always had at least one elderly woman, old woman, <laughs> grab her husband by his ears and drag him out so he doesn't hear. Now we know what's not going on in that home. Nowhere in your Bible does it say anything about sex being immoral, bad, or ungodly. Now let's listen to what I'm about to say. Just hold on to me for a minute. The world celebrates sex. The church ignores it. Because the church ignores it, your kids... I'm going to the world to find out about it. And they're coming out messed up. Because sex, Sarah said, will I find pleasure in my old age? She called it pleasure. Did you know sex is fun? If you don't believe me, ask your kids. They're talking about it in school. You aren't talking about it at home, but they are. And the world is talking about it. And you need to let the church one day bring up the subject without you sitting there being embarrassed like we were talking about farting or something. <laughs> Come on, do y'all know what y'all look like when I bring up the word sex? <laughs> it also says in the book of Romans, sex is healthy. You want your immune system up? Never mind. <laughs> now, now let's go a little deeper. Y'all ready? I'm going to go a little, just a little deeper for a minute, and then we're going to get off of it because I know that right now I'm treading where angels fear to tread. When, when, a, when a 21-year-old boy shows up at your house and you have a daughter, don't ask him, what's on your mind? Oh, no, I know what's on his mind. I know. You, 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 we know what's on his mind. It's what was on yours. Did you know that it's healthy and godly for young people to want to merge? And she's hot. So there's nothing wrong with a boy going, if you love me, let me. That's not a bad statement. All she needs to say is, you better believe it, baby. Put a ring on my finger, buy me a house, get yourself a job, marry me, and you can have all you want. God designed humans to love and hug. You were designed. You were designed to be loved. Wow. And the thing that kills marriages is selfishness. That's all that kills. It's what it kills marriage. The big me. And selfishness is a lack of agape love. That's all it is. I'm doing good. I've already done really good. So, so th- the issue is not sex. The issue is that we've never taught young people that sex is good as long as there's a commitment. God gave you himself 100% and he's wanting the same from you. He wants you 100%. He he wants you. He paid for it. He earns it. He deserves it. And that's the root of Christianity. When I married Lisa, I gave her me. And I want her. I don't want to come home and find a boyfriend. I want her. And that's not selfishness. It's the way we were made. It's the way God made us. 
when we're reading the scripture, it says, Beloved, build yourself up on your most holy faith. God is a jealous God. He, he gave all for you, and he wants all of you. And there has to come a time in your life where you look at God and go, let's go off and be alone. Not one time in my married life have I ever looked at Lisa and said, how long is we going to be on this date? Something wrong when you're on a date with your wife and you're looking at your watch. Something wrong when you're going, how long is this service going to be? When I got things to do. Well, you backslidden thing, you ought to just go home now. Is that too much? See, you're looking for love among people. You've never met any. Lisa doesn't deserve me. I'm not finished yet. There's a comma there. And I don't deserve her. But we're both very, very imperfect people. But there was a time in my life where I did not see any imperfections in her. And I'm going to have to choose right now to not see any imperfections in her now. Because they're there. And vice versa. The tendency of the human nature is selfishness. Your flesh, apart from God, you are interested in you. And the only way I know to overcome that is to go to bed with Jesus and get full of God. I'm not talking about being kinky. But I am talking about getting naked. Because sex is about you getting naked and, and giving someone all. And that's perfectly fine. And it's healthy and it's fun. As long as the other one has given themselves to you totally and you're not waking up tomorrow and finding them gone. You young men, don't you ever look at a girl and say, move in. I find out about it, I'll slap you upside your head. Don't you ever use a woman. You don't go down to the Corvette say, and say, let me have the car for a week. Don't you ever walk up to a girl and say, let me have you for a week. You sorry dog, you marry her or you leave her alone. Woo, sorry about that, man. I just had to get on that. Just talk to the boys a minute. And girls, don't you ever give yourself away. You're way more valuable than that. If he wants you, make him, make him pay up. I love you. Really? I would like to see it. Show me the dough. Is this too strong for y'all? Because, I mean, well, you know, I mean, I can always stop and get off on something else. No, okay, thank you. I mean, y'all, Valentine only comes once a year. We don't get to talk about this much. And I don't get to talk about it much at all anyway. I mean, because, you know, y'all can only handle so much. And if you're an older woman and you want to talk, just go ahead and leave. Don't, don't send me a note. How dare you stand up in front of my church and say sex is fine. I'm going to take your name and put it on the marquee out by the road. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm not. Mrs. Jones said, no, I won't do that. That's not love, is it? Woo, Jesus is Lord. James chapter 4, can, you, can we go over there? I love my wife. I love my wife. But I have noticed that I have tendencies to be a little strong. Barbara, don't you dare start laughing right now. How many of y'all know who Trina Hankins is? She'll be here next week. That woman amazes me. We think Mark is strong, she's stronger. You know why? She is the most patient, loving. She, the way she puts up with Mark, it's amazing. Y'all know what I'm talking about? I mean, I have never heard her say a critical word, criticize anybody, 
compl- she's just the epitome of love. That's a strength. I, I understand that, you know, I look at Mark Hankins and he's always talking about reading the book. I have to read the book on love all the time. I got, I got to go read this book on love again. But I have noticed something about myself, and this is where we're going to go right now. The more I spend with Jesus, the better Lisa looks. I mean, I can be in there praying and the Holy Ghost and come out, and I'm happy. I'm full of joy. I just want to hug her and kiss her. And then I want to sweep the floor and wash the dishes. And there are days she goes, you haven't prayed much today, have you? <laughs> Don't look at me in that tone of voice. Because, it's, because you can't love, you cannot give what you haven't received, folks. If, if you don't walk with God, you have no love to give. Amen. You don't have it. And yet people are getting married all the time to people who are not Christians and expecting them to give what they don't have. They don't have it. And then in our homes and our marriages, we're trying to get our spouse to be Jesus. They are not Jesus. Kenneth Hagin made a statement one time. He, says, he said, the way, the reason mine and Aretha's marriage works is that I spend all of my time making sure she's taken care of. Mm-hmm. And she spends her time making sure I am. Then you have two givers in a house, that's heaven. Exactly. And the same thing about her earning it. Now where did he get that? He got that from the Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, that's the way all of us do i got to tell you a story, though. James, I told you James 4, let me, and then let me tell you a story. 4.1, where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? He's talking to Christians. This James is a pastor of the church in Jerusalem, in case you don't understand this. He's writing a church to church members. He's writing a letter to church members. All the other ones, Paul's not writing to church members. He's writing to churches, but this is a pastoral book. That's why it's a little stronger than the rest. He's pastoring. You lust and don't have. You murder and covet and can't obtain. You fight and war and you don't have because you don't ask. You ask because you do not receive. Because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. Adulterers and adulteresses, don't you know that friendship with the world makes you the enemy of God? You and I are going to, going to deal with our flesh until the day where Jesus returns. There's, I don't know another way to do it other than to stay full of the Holy Ghost. And like I said earlier, this is not about tongues. This is about God, the Holy God is love. And if you're going to walk in love, you're going to be full of God. If you're not going to be full of God, you're not going to walk in love. That's just, it's, that, it's pretty simple. So, so praying in the Holy Ghost and spending time with God is paramount to you and I living for God. I don't know how anybody that doesn't pray in tongues does it. I, you amaze me if you are doing it at all. Mm-hmm. Because I've never been able to. Yeah. I want to read something to you from Smith Wigglesworth. God has put us in a place where he expects us to have the latest revelation, the revelation of the marvelous fact of Christ in us. We're walking around saying God is in us and he's love. Really? How do you look? <laughs> Mean Christian. Are you mean? Now I'm just I'm talking to myself a little bit here. Lisa and I have a friend, and I won't tell you who it is, it's just I'll call him a friend. And he's gotten into Calvinism. Calvinism is the teaching that everything that happens is good and bad is God. And when you get around him, this is the way he acts. Well, I believe in right! Now, you want to stop for a minute and think, do you want his Christianity? Even if he's right. I don't want that. You're mean. You're just a mean person. My doctrine's right. Faith people are hypocrites and liars. 
And I'm going, well, I, I like being a happy hypocrite liar. <laughs> you just, just, okay, that didn't go over well. How many, do, do y'all have friends and family, in-laws and outlaws that are religious? And they're right. It's better to love than be right. Sometimes it's better to be just wrong. Okay. Thank you all to enjoy that. Let me finish reading this. We understand Christ only as we're filled to overflowing with the Spirit of God, our only safeguard from dropping back into our natural mind from which we can get, never get anything is to be filled and filled again with the Spirit of God and taken to new revisions and revelations. The only, the only thing God gave you and I to live in this planet, which is not a nice place, is to be full of the Holy Ghost. And it sure makes us nice to be around. I want to tell you a story now. Did that scare y'all when I screamed a little bit? You thought you were back home with your husband? You're not. But after I got born again, I, when I got saved, I didn't deserve it. I, I grew up in a family. My dad was a Marine Corps pilot that left when I was a, a second grade. Never knew him much as an alcoholic. I never was mean about it or mad about it. I just knew that spending 20 years overseas fighting people, just he didn't come home normal. I was fine with that. I wasn't upset at him. But I also noticed a big lack in my family of just love. My mom did her best. We didn't hug a lot, but there was love. And so, you know, you can't give away what you don't have. Never was a lot of love and because my parents were divorced. You understand, back in my day, if your parents were divorced, the school system treated you not well. So I didn't get treated well at school. And I wore clothing from my cousin that, um, I don't know whether he was, I, th- I think he was shorter than me. So I invented knickerbockers. Because all, all of my pants I wore to school went to there. So you get made fun of. So just not a lot of what we call love. So the day I got born again, I went forward and gave my heart to Jesus. God began to love me unconditionally, and I was not used to it. I'd never had that happen, and it was very foreign to me. And for him to treat me good, I'd never experienced that from a human being. I, I didn't expect God, of all people, who is holy, to treat me good. But yet he did. I went to a crusade. I got healed in the crusade. I was, I was cussing all the way there, and, and he healed me. I didn't deserve it. I went forward. I prayed the sinner's prayer so I didn't go to hell. And he started treating me really, really good. Now, I remembered day after day and week after week, experienced the goodness of God, the love of God. And I didn't know what to do in my soul because I'm very aware I'm, I'm not all that good of a person. But yet, someone's forgot to tell him. And so I, one night I went to bed and I laid in my bed and I just said, thank you. For what you're doing. I'm overwhelmed. I mean, I'm just, I don't know my Bible real good. I just said, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And I would actually lay in my bed and cry myself to sleep. Because all the, he got me a job. Got me a pickup truck. Helped me get out of debt. Healed my body. It's overwhelming me. And I'm laying in my bed one night and I just said, when I die, I'm going to come up in the throne room and I'm going to climb up in your lap and I'm just going to kiss you. You're so good to me. I just love you so much. And as I'm laying in my bed, I made, I said something to him. I said, um, can I see you? And he said, no, you can see my glory. And he took me to heaven. I didn't any more expect I was going to go to heaven that night. And I walked into heaven, and the angels were off to my right, and there were thousands of them. 
And they were all males, wasn't a female among them. They didn't have wings. And they were all singing a song and hitting the exact same note at the exact same time, and it sounded like one man singing. Beautiful, just beautiful. And I remember I turned to my left, and I saw the throne room of God. And after that, the angels mean nothing. And I stepped over in the throne room, and God was sitting behind a big green glass. It was a figure of a man sitting there. And I remember when I walked in, the light coming out from behind that green glass was, was like, you understand, it's impossible to tell you in English what I saw because there aren't any words for this. So I'm, it's, it's not easy, to, but, but light was <laughs> everywhere out behind him. And I stepped into a river that was liquid love coming out of his belly and flowing through the throne and onto the earth. Liquid love. God is a hunk of hunk of burning love. And I just sat there and he talked to me about stuff that I had prayed about and I'd ask him about. He, someone threw a stick in. It was just a stick. And it began to bud. And I said, what is that? And he said, nothing can die in my presence. I am life. And I remembered Aaron's rod that budded. And he explained eternal life to me. So him and I got in this conversation and he started explaining things that I'd wanted to know. And then we talked for a few minutes about other stuff. And I just remember standing in the river and noticing the water was going through me. But I didn't drown. It was just really crazy. I'm just like, you know, and I had this thought, I'm never leaving I'll never, I'd never want to leave this spot. Then he, he, he asked me a question. He, he kind of stopped the conversation and, and he said, why don't people listen to me? Now, I'm, I'm a newly born again Christian. And I, this is what I said. I don't know. You know, <laughs> you're asking me about the church. You know, I don't know anything about church. I don't know anything about people. I'm kind of, I didn't know he was talking to me about me. It takes us a while. And after he said that to me, all the angels stopped singing. Everything in heaven went quiet. And he took his hands and he put them on his knees and he leaned over and he looked at me and he said, why don't people listen to me? I said, I don't know. I don't know why people don't listen to you. And then he did something that changed everything in my life, just changed me totally. You know, Andrew Womack talks about having an encounter with God. I'm going to tell you something, it'll change you. And he put his hands and he leaned over and he put his hands in his face and he began to, he began to weep, but not cry, weep bitterly, weep. And he began to just cry from his belly. And he said, why don't people listen? I fell in the floor in heaven on my face. And I said, God, I don't know, but you're killing me. You're killing me. At his heart for people. How much he loves us. I remembered I stood up. And when I was looking at God, I could see the throne, and when I turned, I could see the earth. It was about that big. I could see the oceans, and just like we see when someone from the moon takes a picture of the earth. I mean, I saw the earth. I didn't, you know, I don't know whether this was an open vision. I saw, I was there. I wasn't a vision. I was, I was there. I, and I looked at the earth, and when I leaned over, I saw downtown St. Louis. How do I know? I don't have any idea I know. And there was a man walking around the corner of a bank. It was a bank. I don't know how I knew it was a bank. And it had just finished raining. And he had on a trench coat. And the, the air was warm and balmy. I could feel the air. And I hollered at him. And I said, you're hurting my father. <laughs> 
you hurting my father. And the Lord spoke to me and said, son, he can't hear you. He can't hear you. And I remembered I wouldn't turn back to look at God. I had my back to him. And he said, you know you're going to have to go back now. And I just stood there. Got quiet. And I said, I don't want to. He said, why not? I started crying. I'm afraid I'll hurt you. And he said, you will. That's quite a night. I woke up. I had another vision after that. I won't tell you about it at this time. I woke up. It was morning. I thought I was there all night. I don't know how long I was there. I walked around for a week. Was the glory on me so strong that my face began to hurt from smiling? The, the glow, I mean, the, the love and the, I mean, I was so full of joy just from being there that my, I smiled. Smiling takes muscles yeah. <laughs> that I hadn't been using in a long, long time. And um, I told him after about a week, I said, you're going to have to cut this out because... My face is just in massive pain. Yeah. I'm walking around holding the muscles down to give them some relief. That, that, that vision changed me, but later in life I realized that it wasn't for me to preach it. Yeah. It was for me. And I, I, I have noticed that in my own life, no matter how much God has done for me, it's, it seems to be easy to get back in the natural and forget about him. Start living for the moment. Start. We all do it, guys. We do it with God. We do it in our marriages. In the book of Revelation, Jesus says, you've left your first love. First love was when I was dating Lisa. You know what I thought about all day at work? Lisa. You know what I thought about all night when she was at the house? Lisa. You know what? I had a hard time doing, letting her go home. Looking forward to the day that we'd get married. But then again, that was a long time ago. Right? No. You can choose to think good now. You can choose to find the good now. But you can't give away what you don't have. When you're starting to get devoid of love, you need to get back in the presence of God. I'm just going to let you sit there a minute and think about this. You see, I think that what's going on in the world today, my opinion, God is letting you see what a world is like without him. And that you are not all that. He's been blessing this country. And I think he's jealous of his church. I think he's been wanting to know where are you. There's nothing more beautiful than for a man to do things for his wife just because she's his wife. I'm thinking about you. I love you. I still I care about you. There's nothing more beautiful than a woman. Doing things for her husband. But you know what? If you start noticing the wrong, you will stop. Thank y'all. No human has the character to require 100% from you. Lisa doesn't deserve unconditional love. Neither do I. Neither do you. If I didn't love God, I wouldn't pastor you. It's quiet in here. But he loved me, and he still does. Now that, I reciprocate back to him. And his way of doing that is love my people. Love your wife. 
Love your husband. Love people. The song, I want to know what love is. If you don't know Jesus, you're never going to know. And it has to be the foundation of your marriage. Listen to one more time. It must be the foundation of all your relationships. If you've lost your love for the word and church, I'm not, I'm not, being, I'm not condemning you. You need to go off and spend some time with God. I want to know what love is. Yeah, I do too. As we get older, I'm going to brag on the old people now. We start finding out what really is important. Um, family, people, relationships. Like when we leave here in a little while, Ashley's asked me to bring her machine to her house. I'm really going to be with her. Is it a long ways? Yes. Long drive? Yes. Do I want to drive it? No. Chase, sometimes before this COVID thing hit, we were doing date night where we go to movies together. That, to me, I could care less what movie we saw. Just to go be with her and sit with her and spend some time. Because she's busy, I'm busy. But you know what? I'm just decided, you know what? I found out the other day, tech, Trump, whether you like him or not, text all of his kids and all of his kids every day. Now, he's, he's, he's busy. And he still texts his family. He still stays in touch with his family. Okay. Matthew 19. Are you all okay? I know you want me to get back on sex, but I'm not going to. <laughs> I'm being facetious. Do you all know what that word means? You all are deep. There's a scripture here. There's a, there's a story here that's always, well, we don't preach on it much because Prosperity people don't like this scripture. <laughs> Businessmen, people that want to make money. And, and I understand something. You've got to separate your money from the Lord. Are you ready? Matthew 19, 16. Behold, one came and said, God, good teacher, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? And Jesus said, why did you just call me good? There's nobody good but one that's God. Do you want to enter life? Keep the commandments. Now, why did he say that? Well, we could go into that for a while. But this is a Jew, and he's under the old covenant. But his first thing was, why did you just call me good? In other words, he said, do you know who I am? Did, I mean, is this something that you've got a revelation from God, or did you just trying to butter me up? What's, what's going on with you? So Jesus is good. He says, nobody good but God, but, but he, we know he's God. Do you know I'm God? Now, he's talking about eternal life. Everybody wants it. And he said, which ones? He said, well, you know, don't murder, don't commit adultery, don't steal, don't bear false witness, honor your father and mother, you'll love your neighbors yourself, which we know he didn't do any of them. And the young man said, all these things I've kept from my youth, what do I lack? And Jesus said, if you want to be perfect, Sell what you have, give your money to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven and follow me. What's he asking? What's important to you? What's important to you? Your money? If that's a big deal to you, why don't you just give it all away for me? And he looked at him and said, uh... I don't think so. See, God doesn't want anything between you and him. We're not talking anti-prosperity here. We're talking about love. See, I, I would have looked and said, okay, I did. 
God got me a job right after I got saved. Made more money than I ever made in my life. And he said, I want you to go to Tulsa. And I said, okay, I'll go. What's he doing? He's testing me. You love me? Or you love your job? You love your money? What do you love? What do you love, Daryl? What do you love? One time the Lord said to me, he says, I want you to go to India. And I went, ooh, I don't want to go to India. There's nothing romantic about India. Stinks, curry, dust, cows roaming through people's houses because they think they're related to them. And I said, I don't want to go to India. He says, why not? And I said, well, I'll miss Lisa. He said, do you love me? you love Lisa more than you love me? I said, no, sir. He said, I want you to go to India. I said, okay, I'll go. What are you seeking? What's number one? Who's number one? Is it you? Are you number one? I love God. I never want to forget where I came from. I never want to forget what I was like when he found me. I was a mess. And I'm doing good now. It looks to you like I eat well. (laughs) Better than you should probably, Pastor. So the scripture when it says, Beloved, build yourself up on your most holy faith. I have found out that I just really need times. let Let me say this before I... Many of you walk into church and say, Pastor, we want a move of God. Or you want me to pull one out of a hat. Because I'm not going to. A move of God begins with you, not with me. So let me talk to you Bible school students a minute. Just for a minute. I've never had a Bible school student come to this church yet. That I found faithful. Never. Because you're enamored with your knowledge. And you're worthless. If you have all knowledge and have not love, you're still ignorant as a rock. If you have miracles and you don't have love, you still ain't much to you. Are y'all out there? I just said something real strong. I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. If you want to go up, get on your face again. Lay all your knowledge and all your ambitions. Just lay it at the feet of Jesus and just get naked. And get in the bedroom with him and have some babies. Ooh. I've been doing this for 30-something years. I still love him. And I want you to fall in love with him again. Come to church for him. Spend time with him. We want to see Jesus in you. Are you all out there? I know I hurt the Bible school students' feelings just now. But Rhema students, they come out of Rhema and they say, I want to work in a church. I give them a job and they go, I don't like this job. I gave him another job. I don't like his job. I'm changing churches. You didn't learn anything. That's right. You don't know. Help me, Jesus. If I hurt your feelings, I don't apologize. But I think the Lord is waiting on us. I think the head of the church is waiting on his church right now. I think he, what's going on in America is he is, pay attention to me. Yes. Yes. I have kept you. Yes. 
Do you want to know what it'd be like without me? I'll show you. And I think we're starting to go, maybe it's not about me. When I started this series, I'm your cup of coffee. I think there's nothing more important in the world than to wake up and go, Father, I want to spend some time with you. I want to spend some time with you. Lisa loves it when I spend time with God. Because I'm wonderful to be around. Amen. <laughs> Ditto. Amen. Amen. So happy Valentine's Day. Amen. I think I got a lot more, but I think I'm pretty much done. Flesh is ugly. Flesh is selfish. Christians without being full of God are selfish people. All of us. Nothing more important than to walk into a church on Sunday morning and go, you know what? I'm going to take some time off. I'm going to stop my work. I'm going to stop my job. I'm going to stop my family. I'm just going to go spend time with you. I'm going to go worship you. Get here on time. Give him glory. Listen to the word of God. Take your Bible home. Read what you heard today. Get off in a closet somewhere with God. And go, you are the most important person in my life. And I love you. And you will be changed from glory to glory. You'll actually start acting like him. Amen. I know that got really quiet on y'all. Y'all got well, serious. No owl jumping, owl running, pew jumping. Our relationship with one another is totally dependent on him. Your relationship with your spouse is a reflection of your relationship with God. Not your spouse. Your spouse is not why you're selfish. Your spouse is not why you're hard to get along with. There's nothing uglier than a marriage where people have grown selfish. It's hell. Now there will are been on a walk in May over Yapataya. The con in a sati oh there's so many cotia. I have so much I want to talk to you about. I have so much to show you. I want to hold your hand. I want to walk with you again. And I want to be your best friend. Sometimes I wait and I watch and I look for you and it seems to me you just have too much to do. Rabe konia lorare mad aluton et lokata sini rale moero dang arapesese. But I've put out a call to you today because I want you to walk with me in the way. I want to again spend time just me and you. And then I want you to fall in love with me again. Your time here will be very short. There's not a lot of what you call time left. Spend it wisely. Spend it on what's important. Spend it on relationships that matter. It begins with me. Then it filters to your family. And be the man and the woman of God that I called you to be. And be the light in your home that you know you can be. For your children and your family and your spouses, they need love too. And that is the gift that I gave to you. Oh, Papa God. Father, I told a very important part of my heart today, and sometimes I feel very volatile sharing 
what I shared because it was really not a story to be preached. It was really for me and you. I thought it would help them to hear it because I also have had a hard time with my own flesh like they do. I have learned over time that being filled with the Holy Ghost is the only way I can go. It's the only thing I found works. And I thank you for showing me that. I, I, I did the best I could today to share this on Valentine's Day. I pray that the men and the women in this church would walk out today. Fix relationships. Qu quit raising the standards so high that the people can't keep it. Which we leave it very high and yet you didn't demand that of us. You gave us freely. I pray we would lower our standards and quit asking people to do what they can't and give them the love they deserve. I don't mean that I, we agree with them, but everybody needs love. Father, every one of us in this room deserve a good marriage. Children deserve a happy home. They, they deserve a home with mommy and daddy loving each other. They really deserve that. They need that. It starts with us. It starts with the parents. It starts with us as Christians. I desire a church where people are full of God. They love you. If they look at me, I will disappoint them because I don't have it. I don't have it, Father. It won't be long. They won't like me, and rightly so. I probably won't like them either. But that shouldn't be the final word. You are. I love you, Father. I love you, Father. I pray with all of my heart that while I walk this earth, I will become a lot more like the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not praying this for everybody in this room, just for myself. That I'd be the dad I need to be. I'd be the husband that I need to be. I'd be the pastor I need to be. I'm going to ask you to do something. Pray that with me. Pray this with me. Say, I want to be the wife I need to be. I want to be the mom I need to be. I want to be the Christian I need to be. I'm going to lower my standards on all the people around me. Quit demanding so much of them. Thank you for loving me unconditionally. Hallelujah. When I'm having a bad day, I go off in my room and I go, number one, I don't have a care. Number two, you love me unconditionally. And I just sit and let him love me. I learned it from Joyce Myers. She said, you need to learn to let God love you. And I find out that when my focus is right, everything else starts getting back where it needs to be. I found out that praying in the Spirit, and I'm not talking about being religious, just worshiping God in tongues and singing, just get full of God. Just sit and get full of God. Just sit in His presence. I asked Him a question, and I'm going to close with this. When I was in heaven, I turned to Him before I left, and I said, can I come back? He said, you come back every time you worship me. But you may never see, again, what I'm showing you tonight. You and I can visit heaven anytime we want to. Isn't that awesome? Anyway, have a happy Valentine. We'll give this to Lisa. Y'all have a wonderful day. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. For God so loved you that he gave his only begotten son that whoever should believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. If you've never asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life, come up this morning. The Bible says that today is the day of salvation. Uh, there's no guarantee for your life if you're not in him. 
And so it's important that you make Jesus Lord. He loves you so much, but he respects you so much that he'll let you make that decision on whether you choose him or not. You know, a husband or a wife uh, doesn't want to lock their spouse in the closet, put chains on them, make them love them. That's not love. That's tyranny. And Jesus is the same way. He gave you a will so you could choose him or not. He gave you that right to choose. He wants you to love him because you want to love him. He wants you to accept him, accept his sacrifice because he loves you and because you want to accept it. Amen? But he'll never make you. So if you're here this morning and you want prayer for any other reason, I'm going to have a few altar workers come up here. Also, the other uh, thing that I wanted to talk about was that if you want help in your prayer language, like Pastor's been talking about these last four weeks, praying in the Holy Spirit, if you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, it's so easy. He's right there waiting, waiting on you to just ask Him. So you can have the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Praying in other tongues enables you to pray the perfect will of God for your life and for the lives of other people. And so there's times we all just run out of things to say. We can only say so much. Then we just like, stop praying. (laughs) But if you pray in the Holy Ghost, you're praying perfectly for other people. You're praying perfectly for yourself. You're praying those mysteries that are inside of you. The Bible says there's mysteries in you. You're to pray those out. And the plan of God for your life will unfold. So if I could just have a couple altar workers come up. You want prayer for any of those reasons. Let's say you are filled with the Holy Spirit. And you just need to have better uh, fluidity in your in, in praying in tongues. And I will stay up here a few minutes and, and help you. I, I don't know um, if I can get a, a female and a male just come up. I don't know that it, if uh, anybody was on schedule today. But if Tracy, why don't you come on up? And then um, Josh Brown, why don't you come on up? And Justin will, and just maybe in a, just a minute. But we want to be able to pray with you and uh, if, you, if you need that. The other thing I wanted to announce, if you're a guest here, thank you for coming. And um, we have a gift for you out at the information booth. And we have new shirts today. So if you'd like to buy a new Word of Life shirt on Valentine's Day, they're 10 bucks a piece. And uh, we love you. Have a great day. Hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big give now button or you can text 407-955-5345 and remember our pastor's vision is this we grow christians so we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time